Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. Our water supply, our water situation, our water status, its hygiene status, and its, uh, as I put, supply and access to, um, yeah, something that is, uh, that life needs. You can't do without water for more than 24 hours, can you? Right, joining us now is Professor Anthony Turton, Professor at the Center for Environmental Management at the University of the Free State. So we're going to be looking at what a grid collapse could mean for our water supply and its hygiene. Professor, thank you very much for joining us. Good afternoon to you. Good afternoon to you and the listeners. Good to be on the show. Thank you. No, thank you for joining us, Professor. Indeed, uh Looking at this issue of uh, water supply, water hygiene, uh, we've got electrical problems going on at the moment, electricity and power, of course, affecting uh, pump situation and delivery that kind of into our d- reservoirs. Okay, we're going to unpack that this afternoon. First things first, what would we be looking at for that matter, and are there any signs of this happening already? What are your observations on the ground regarding water supply and water hygiene? Oh, yes, there's, um, there's a very high level of consensus amongst the water sector professionals right. that uh, we are entering a, a very, very bad winter period and that the probability of systemic failure by the end of this coming winter is, uh, is, is statistically very high. So we are, we are in an advanced stage of systemic failure and it's, uh, we know we can unpack the reasons for that. But, 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 but we are right in it already. We're not, we're not approaching it, we're in it. So we are officially in it right now. So, um, so, so what can we expect in terms of supply right now, and what we what should we be mindful of, considering the filling up of reservoirs uh, and its uh, upkeep in terms of hygiene? What are we looking at? Yes. Yeah, so, so what we're looking at now is that uh, experience has shown that beyond stage six load shedding, the reservoirs uh, seem not to be able to fill up, and in fact. The water sector in general is so degraded that across the board, anything beyond stage six starts becoming catastrophic. Right. Uh, by the time it gets to stage eight, you've, you've seen total systemic collapse in that area. And this, of course, is a patchwork because not all municipalities are equal, but this right. uh, is a sort of generic thing. So let's say uh, from, from stage six, we start seeing uh, systemic failure. By the time we get to stage eight, we get systemic collapse, complete collapse. So, so Professor, at this stage, we cannot pinpoint exactly, I know you've just outlined municipalities and whatever, you can't pinpoint exactly, just for the sake of our listeners, which areas are susceptible to this at the moment? Well, we can't because the, uh, the you know, different municipalities are run in different ways and uh, because the engineering design of all of your water articulation systems have always been based on the assumption of a 98% assurance of supply of electricity, what does that mean? Uh, when engineers design something, they, 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 they factor in risk uh, as a mathematical value. They right. factor that into their design. So the, so, so the design value is 98% assurance of supply, which means that one in 50 years you can have some kind of breakdown. And that is how the systems are designed. So now we're starting to get way, way, way beyond that. And uh, so basically even the best designed system is unable to sustain a hit of that nature. Oh dear. <laughs> Professor, okay, so, um, looking at, uh, the water being pumped into reservoirs, uh, obviously now not as, uh, well, shall we say as regular and as fluid, excuse the pun as possible, uh, the impact on cleanliness and hygiene, what, what could one be looking at there? Yes, so there's a whole range of things. So, so if we start from, uh, let's, let's take it from the moment the water comes out of the river. 
Mm-hmm. So the water in the river is already contaminated uh, by uh, by sewage. This we know. Where this has been uh, dis- discussed at great depth. Okay. Right. So the water coming into the into the water treatment plant is already contaminated. Mm-hmm. Now we've got a disrupted supply of uh, electricity. So the water being processed from river water into potable water is on and off and stop and start. So we're starting to get mm-hmm. uh, the, the high possibility of of pathogens and contaminants coming through the drinking water supply. Then eventually it goes into your, your bulk municipal supply systems where uh, we've just explained now that your reservoirs can't necessarily fill up. And then ultimately it comes out to the end user where it is already contaminated in some way. But of course now the end user can't shower or bathe or, or perform their normal ablutions on the regular basis that they would. So in other words, we've got a whole long, uh, a, a knock-on effect, a chain, yes. a chain effect, if you like, a chain reaction of, uh, of issues that arise once we start going beyond stage six. <laughs> Great. Professor, what would you, what could you recommend to listeners in this respect, uh, given these factors that are playing into the hygiene and provision of water at the moment? Uh, what, 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 what advice would you give? Well, I think everybody must just be aware that we're going into a state of heightened uh, risk. And therefore, I think the, 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 the first thing to do is not to panic and not to be un- unnecessarily uh, frightened by where we're going. Right. We are we are into this we are into the dark woods now that you know we can't we can't uh, deny that. Indeed. However, what we must start doing now is start mitigating those risks uh, at, at household level. So uh, the, the strict introduction of basic hygiene at home, for example, washing hands, uh, you know, your basic uh, the kind of thing that your grandmother taught you, that your parents taught you at an early age. Mm-hmm. So you wash your hands before you take a meal, after you go into the toilet, you wash your hands, etc. And then, of course, uh, if uh, if water is discolored in any way or if it smells bad in any way, then, of course, uh, if it smells bad, it's, it probably is bad. So then just, you know, take the necessary precautions in that regard. And if you can, uh, keep a stock of prepared water. But prepared water is, is municipal water that has been treated in some way or other. So if you can keep a, just a, a stock of prepared water for drinking purposes, that would be good. Mm-hmm. And I think the other important thing is uh, for toilet flushing, one needs to have some kind of alternative supply. And if you don't have a swimming pool, because swimming pool water, just keep a bucket of that in the house, and that's great. If you haven't got a swimming pool, then you just go keep a bucket of, of, uh, of yesterday's bath water, and uh, you use that to flush the toilets. Professor, so those are the, probably the, the easiest things to implement at household level. Indeed. Professor, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon and just giving us uh, background as to what to expect during this winter regarding water supply, given the power outages and, uh, well, tr- sending the water into reservoirs and the hygiene issues which we need to be mindful of. Professor Anthony Turton, Professor at the Centre for Environmental Management at the University of the Free State.